Hey gang, Sean here from the Commander's Brew, and I'm here to talk to you about Tamishi from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Cool Azorius Commander. Although, they're blue on the front, but Azorius because of activated abilities. And, of course, I'm going to share some interesting, humorous chat-type chats before we get into it. Kind of set the tone, kind of break the ice, as it were. But before that even, I'm going to get this business out of the way right away. I do want to thank you for listening. Truly, we could not do this without you. That's the whole raison d'être because of listeners. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you, truly. Some people even went on to patreon.com slash commandersbrew to help out financially. That is above and beyond. Truly grateful from the bottom of my heart. Uh, like, I mean, that's truly keeps the, keeps the, keeps the gas in the tank, as it were. And, you know, there's other ways to help out. If you want to use our TCG player link, click on that. Anything you buy through there, we get a little slice of the pie. And, of course, liking and subscribe on YouTube helps out. Get the numbers up. I really want to get those numbers up. That would be incredibly helpful. And, of course, if you're a Canadian listener, we do have the greatest deal for you. That is money off your magic singles at the Wizards Tower. WizardTower.com. Let's hear an ad from them now. We're proud Canadian podcasters, and we're proud to be sponsored by one of Canada's premier card stores, the Wizards Tower, wizardtower.com. Our Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code BREWNEO to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free, as long as you've ordered $20 or more in singles. And you can check out our decklist for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. Remember raves? Look at the size of these pants. Okay, full disclosure. I'm telling you this story for the second time. The first time I told you this story, it did not get recorded because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be kind to myself and just say that a mistake was made. Uh, and that happens. Mistakes happen and humans are human. So I'm going to tell you this story a second time. I hope it is as charming as it was the first time. Uh, but I will not keep referencing this fact. I promise. Laundry. We all got to do it. Uh, I've got a new a new baby. I'm a, f- a new father, relatively new. Yeah, I'm going to say new. I'm still I'm claiming new still. So time is tight. You know, things are tricky. So one of the ways our family has figured out to streamline chores, to make life easier, is to kind of just instead of tackling laundry when it needs to get done, we're just like, here's the day. No matter what, laundry gets done on this day. Uh, I guess there, we haven't found exceptions yet. We're, we're still learning new ways to do things. But So this is a seven-day window, and it's great. So I'm doing laundry, baby's on the bed, safe in the center of the bed, no chance of falling off. Uh, I'm folding some laundry and you got, you know, I got some, some room on the bed, right? You know, toss, toss baby a sock, you know, to, for, as entertainment, right? Um, I'm making piles. I got a pile for pants. I got my pants. I got my partner's pants. I got my shirts. I got my partner's shirts. I got a little sweatshirt pile. I got little socks and undie pile going on over here. The unmentionables or the smalls as I've heard it called. But then I, I kind of finish up. <laughs> I realize that my pile of shirts is exactly one. There is, I, I wore one shirt <laughs> this whole cycle. Okay, although this is not true. I, so, but what this means though 
right? So my first thought is like, did I wear a shirt for seven days in a row? No, that's disgusting. I wore a shirt for three days in a row, changed it, and then wore that shirt for another three or four days in a row. So one of these shirts got a fourth day somewhere in there. So that is still disgusting, but significantly less disgusting. <laughs> so I, I, I think, I just think that's amusing. And I'm happy to share with you because it gave me some laughs. I hope, uh, I hope you can get some enjoyment out of that. Uh, let me know, let me know your laundry, your laundry mishaps. I'd love to hear about them. Tweet them at me. Whew. I think that was so funny, uh, but I promised I wouldn't talk about something, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to go right into the episode. I've already done the business up front, so let's. The episode is about Tamishi. So, who is Tamishi? Let me read you Tamishi. Uh, as I said, an Azorius commander, but blue up front. So, two and a blue. Tamishi, reality architect, legendary moonfolk wizard. This is an audio medium, but if you were looking at the card, this moonfolk would remind you. I would I would expect this card to ask if anyone in my district wants to volunteer as tribute. Got a real Hunger Games capital city people going on here. Moonfolk Wizard 2-3. It's a three-minute commander. So, you know, if something happens to Tamiji, we can cast them again. We've got some room that way. I like that. There's two key ideas on the card. The first one is, whenever one or more non-creature permanents are returned to hand, draw a card. This ability triggers once each turn. That's each turn. It doesn't have to be our turn, but the restriction is non-creature. The other part of the card puts stuff back in hands. Lands, specifically, our lands. X and a white, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery. Has to be a sorcery, so we're only getting one of these. We're only getting this on our turn. We're not going to be able to do this on everyone's turn. And so therefore, the land coming back to our hand will cause us to draw one card, and that will only trigger once per turn. But we get a card, we put a land back in hand, and we get anything out of the graveyard as long as we've paid for it. And the way it works, if you think about it, it's X and a white. So we tap a planes and X, bring something back, return a land. How about that planes? If we still have a land drop, we can play that planes and now it's untapped. So it's as if we didn't spend that planes, like we still have one mana available to us. We got a rebate. So we're sort of only paying what the thing costs. However, we are going back on a land drop. We lose a land drop. We've spent, we haven't gone forward on lands. So we're going to have to brew around that. So here's here's kind of the process here. I want to talk you through how this deck came about. I want to talk you through the, the thought process of a person who has brewed, you know, upwards of 100 plus decks, right? This is the, you know, I want to give you the story of this deck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is the, this is the line. I'm not going to teach you to deck. I'm going to give you, no, I'm not going to give you a deck. I'm going to teach you a deck. I got it backwards. It's like the fish. I'm not going to give you a fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish. I'm going to walk you through how to make this deck, but I will, I mean, there is a deck link. So, I mean, I, I, in a way I will give you a deck, but okay. We're putting lands back in our hands. So obviously one of the first things we want to think about our ramp, and I want to think about ways to get extra lands into play. I mean, that is what ramp is, but instead of artifacts, I want more lands into play. I want wayfarers bobble one to put out and then two to activate, to put a basic into play. Uh, I want solemn simulacrum. The mere ETB puts a basic land into play, 
And then when Solemn dies, I get a draw card. Uh, if I bounce a land to replace Solemn Simulacrum, I'm drawing another card. I'm going to draw another one in the future when it dies again. Good card. Dreamscape Artist. Uh, I think this card's great. It's underused in blue. It's one in a blue for a human spell shaper. It's a 1-1. One, one, but it has the activated ability, uh, which is basically Harrow. Two in a blue, tap, discard a card, sack a land, search for two basics, put them into battlefield untapped, and then shuffle. When you play a sorcery, or an instant in Harrow's case, instead of discarding a card, you're just putting the instant into the graveyard. You are sort of discarding it. Sort of. This is a creature that stays on the battlefield, so obviously you get to basically pretend any card in your hand is Harrow, and for three mana, add instant speed, chuck it in the graveyard, and go get two basics. Sack a basic as well. Or sack a land. Community land. But we love putting stuff in the graveyard. To me, she can pull stuff out, so like putting more stuff in the graveyard is fine. I love this card. Underrated. 50 cents. Two gumballs. And then we want to look at ways to put more lands into the battlefield than were that are one per turn so gear per orrery it's a four mana artifact each player may play an additional land on their turns each player playing more lands is you know we're giving our opponents a little bit of a leg up here but hopefully i'm assuming we can take better advantage of it than they can there's another part of the card if anyone has no cards at the beginning of their upkeep that player draws three cards i can't imagine that happening commander players are greedy for cards so i don't think you need to worry about that one of the more pricey cards in the deck, and it's worth the money, I think, is Archaeomancer's Map. It's two and a white for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, search up two planes, put them into your hand. And whenever an opponent plays a land, whenever an opponent's land enters the battlefield, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. Well, guess what? I'm going to be putting lands in back into my hand all over the place, so as long as my opponents are making land drops... I'm putting those lands back in. It's now it's like Tamishi's ability didn't cost me my land drops. Plus, I'm drawing cards because lands are coming back to my hand. Maybe I'm bouncing things on my opponent's turn, drawing more cards. If they bounce their own things, I'm drawing a card. It doesn't have to be because of something I did. Wait, now I gotta double check that. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't have to be because I did it. Like as, as long as it happens. Cool. Keeper of the Accord. Much cheaper. Uh 250. Commander Legends, three and a white for a human soldier, three, four. On the beginning of each opponent's end step, again, each opponent, we get to make a soldier, a one, one white soldier, if they have more creatures, and we get to put a land into play if they have more, oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. If they have more lands than us, we can search for a basic planes and put that into the battlefield tapped. Search for one. That's, that's That doesn't even come from our hand. So, like, we still get to profit off of that. Because of Tamishi's ability, we get to plan out how many lands we have. We get to say, uh, you know what, I want to go down to six lands because I see that seven exists, so I don't want to match seven. That's great. Heck, we could go down to five and just do this on every end step and get back to seven when it comes back to our turn. Ooh. I mean, it has to be that player. But again, you get my point. Now, we got to include Walking Alice. Two mana, Construct, one one. You may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. That's a tap ability. But then with something like Drum Bellower, this is the new, it's a new card from the Neon Dynasty Commander decks. Two and a white for a spirit with flying. It's 2-1. Untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. 
It's a little bit of a profit of Krufix, a little bit of a Seedborn Muse. No lands, but all your creatures untap each each player's untap step. So I can use my Walking Atlas every player's turn. And if I have something like Retreat to Coral Helm, two in a blue enchantment with Landfall, choose one. You may tap or untap target creature or scry one. If I've got a Walking Atlas out, you bet I'm going to untap that Walking Atlas. Tap it, play a new land. Oh, Landfall, untap Walking Atlas. Play a new land, untap Walking Atlas. As long as I've got lands on my hand, I'm tapping Walking Atlas over and over and over. This is this this makes our Kaomancer's map a little bit of a nombo, but I'm happy to make that card a little weaker if it means I rocket ahead to like twice the number of lands as other people. Whew, brutal for them. Okay, we're putting extra lands out. We're talking about lands. One thing we have to consider is what kind of lands are we going to use? Let's use lands that are good coming back to our hand. I'm talking MDFCs. You play a Sejiri Shelter as a as like a Plains on the Plains side. Uh, Sejiri Glacier. You know, I forget these cards have names. So if you play Sejiri Glacier and it's just a tapped white source, you can return it to your hand later and cast it as Sejiri Shelter and give a creature protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Your opponents might know it's in your hand if they remember, but, you know, that's on them to remember. Uh, Glasspool Mimic. What's that other one? Glasspool Shore. Uh, it's a clone. It's what has to be one of your creatures, but again, we can pick it up and copy a cool creature later on. Something like Mystic Sanctuary, even. That's a, it's not an MDFC. It's, a, it's an island. Uh, it comes into a battlefield tapped unless you have three or more other islands. And if you do, you put it into play untapped and you put any instant and sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library. If you want, it's up to you. It's a main, but you can bet like Mystic Sanctuary is perfect here because we can play it tapped early. And then later on, I'll return it to my hand, keep playing it, and keep getting instants and sorceries back into my hand. It goes from the graveyard on top of your library. But so like in, in a way it locks up draws, but this deck has no trouble drawing cards. Okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about getting more draw from bouncing things not on our turn. I'm talking spells. It has to be a non-creature spell. So unsummon doesn't work. There is another way to do that for one mana for a non-land permanent, and that's Chain of Vapor. So one blue instant, return a non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player's permanent's controller may sack a land to make a copy and keep it rolling. So I hit you with this. You get to sack a land and hit me back. Well, now I get to sack a land and hit someone else back. They get to sack a land and hit someone else back. There is the possibility of using this on something of your own and then sacking a land and then throwing it out there and just keeping it going. If you if you need to get rid of lands more that way, that's one way to do it. Uh, that costs one mana. If we want to go up to two mana, sort of, we got Alchemist Retrieval. It's a two mana instant to return an online permanent, but that's the cleave cost, right? If we, it's from, uh, what was it, Crimson Vow? So if we want to pay a single blue, then we can return a permanent we control to its owner's hand. That's still good. Like I'm, I love that the option of one to save my own thing exists. Uh, let's talk about Echoing Truth. This is one in a blue instant. It's it's not going to get cheaper, but it returns non-limb permanents with the same name as each other. So this hoses an entire army of similar tokens. And then something like Depart the Realm. It's from Kaldheim. It's got Foretell for two. So it can be a two mana bounce a non-line permanent, but if it's foretold, it's just a single blue. 
So good, good card, good card. And I must point out, Cyclonic Rift now becomes a cantrip in the deck. <laughs> so it only works once per you only draw one card per turn, but uh as if Cyclonic Rift needed to get any better. These are the kind of cards that you can put back with Mystic Sanctuary. So looping Cyclonic Rifts is brutal. More on that later, though. Let's talk about some generally good cards. So we've covered like what we're going to do with the lands, how we're going to maximize the draw with the bounce ability. I don't think we really need to work out a lot of extra draw spells in the deck. I mean, if we did want to, uh, I'm sure we could find a few artifacts or enchantments that do, but I really like this deck draws a lot of cards. We're drawing like every time we use the ability, we draw more cards. So, you know, the land comes back to our hand. The hand gets thick, thick hands. So let's talk about generally good cards and some removal. Soul Snare, single white enchantment, and it has the ability white sack soul snare. Exile target creature that's attacking you or a planeswalker you control. This is a great rattlesnake. You have this on the battlefield. Your opponent's like, well, I mean, if you've got a white open, I can't really attack you with creatures I care about because you'll just exile them. Unless I got shroud or hexproof, sure. And only it comes back for one. So if you if they kind of bait you into using it, you can get this back and just keep having the protection up. You know, do it if there's like a really scary creature out there. If you're not scared of anything, who cares? Leave them, leave them out. No problem. Stuff like Minimus Containment, these kind of things are cool. It's two and a white for an aura enchantment, and you enchant a non-land permanent, but I'm probably going to want to hit a commander with it. Enchanted permanent is now a treasure, with no other abilities. So I did give them an extra mana that they have available, but to do so means to sack their commander. Now most people would be like, no, no problem, I'm going to sack that commander, I want that commander back on my command zone, toot, sweet, I want to cast it again. But with Minimus Containment, now like that goes back into our graveyard. So if you do that and you cast your commander again, now I'm allowed to put Minimus Containment back on, and now you've got to pay more tax on it, right? Frogify is similar. It's one in a blue enchant creature. They lose all abilities and become a 1-1 one, one frog. So again, easily chumped. I've seen Frogify in play where people make deals with other people and be like, listen, I don't want, I want my commander back. Will you please attack me? an all chump block so I can get my commander back. Uh, I will do this for you. So, but, but again, though, like that's in a normal situation in Tamishi deck, you got to think like, do I want to put frogify back in their graveyard? I don't know that that's a move that you should, you should do like, uh, you, you got to think about it. And then something like seal of cleansing is just a basic one in a white enchantment, sack it, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Bring that back as many times as you need to for those brutal enchantments that are dominating the board. Uh, I love it. So, talked about some removal. We got draw covered. Where we got our lands covered, our ramp. What do we do though? Like bringing anything back from the graveyard. I mean, maybe we're gonna want to make some room for some self mill. Obviously, that is a fine thing to do. But are we gonna go heavy artifact? Are we gonna go heavy enchantment? Are we gonna go? bit of both i don't know my gut is to go with artifacts that's where i'm leaning so that's what i want to talk about that gives us cards like dispatch dispatch is a cool it's like better swords to plowshares in an artifact deck because it's a single white instant exile target creature only if you have three artifacts if you have fewer than three artifacts it only taps a creature so like it is possible that this card's terrible but uh it's swords to plowshares it's 50 cents love it 
And then we have a whole package of cards that make artifacts cost less. Jorah's Familiar, it's a four mana flying 2-2. Historic spells cost one less. Foundry Inspector is a three mana 3-2. Artifact spells cost one less. And Ethereum Sculptor is a two mana 1-2. Costs one and a blue. Artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast. That's a combined total of three less to cast. See what I did there? One plus one plus one equals three. I know what you're saying. We're not casting stuff from our graveyard. We, like the mana value doesn't change. Tamishi looks at the mana value that these don't change the mana value. And you're right. But we're drawn plenty of cards. So we've got to get our artifacts out of our hand into the battlefield in the first place. So these are excellent cards to do so. And that, you know, I didn't do this, but that kind of opens up the, the door for a potential storm kind of thing, because these enablers can come into the graveyard and paradoxical outcome, bouncing things, drawing cards, drawing more cards because of Tamishi, being able to play them back for almost free. That's the recipe for a storm deck, but I'm not going there. I'm going to run cards like Scrap Trawler, three mana for a three, two. It's a construct. Whenever it or another artifact goes to the graveyard, you return a different artifact with lesser mana value to our hand. It's a way to get some nice loop-de-loops going. Codex Shredder is a single mana artifact that lets you mill a player, tap it, mill, mill a card, target player mills one card. But it also has five sacrifice Codex Shredder, return a single card from your graveyard to your hand. I mean, this is, this is for Mystic Sanctuary. Like, to me, she's got the artifacts and the enchantments covered. Uh, you've got it, Mystic, Mystic Sanctuary wants to get the instants and sorceries, so... The, to get that land back, unless you want to drop 35 bucks on a Crucible of Worlds, I don't even know what it costs. I'm not running it. We could, though, like, truly run it. Because if you're able to make multiple land drops and you can get them out of your graveyard, that's going to be excellent. Uh, yeah, so, and then, then if we're heavy artifacts, we also get the ability to run something like Mirrodin Besieged, which is an enchantment that we can get back with Tamishi. Uh, two and a blue, choose Mirin or Phyrexian. Let's go right to Phyrexian. At the beginning of your end step, discard a card. Sorry, draw a card, then discard a card. Then, if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. Doesn't say you win the game. You have to pick an opponent to lose the game. That is a that is a tough decision. I've never I've never resolved this card with anywhere close to 15 artifacts in my graveyard, but I don't know how that would go. Let me know if you've resolved one of these and you got to 50 and you're like, well, you're the biggest threat, so you're going to lose. But then it's like, I don't know, am I, am I, can you make a deal? I don't know. Like, it's interesting. I'm very interested in it. So earlier I hinted at, you know, locking someone's commander out, kind of being a bit mean with this sort of thing, cyclonic rift looping. To me, she wants to be mean, I think. Uh, there's a way to do it. Uh, so we're going to look to do so. We're going to run cards like Confounding Conundrum. It's one in a blue for an enchantment. When it enters, draw a card. And whenever an opponent plays a land, if it's any land beyond their first land that turn, they have to return a land to their hand. So if if they're on land four, if they try to play land five, they got to put one back. They will still be at land four. And if they got more lands to play, they got to put more back so they'll stay at land four. Now, right away, you might be thinking, does this not help opposing landfall decks? Because it puts lands back in their hand, especially if we've got gear per orrery, then they're allowed to play more lands per turn. However, they're never 
getting ahead on lands. And that's where it's important. And trust me, these landfall decks, a couple of landfall triggers can be brutal, but keeping them at four mana on turn four, landfall decks don't run a ton of artifacts. It's almost all lands. So they're not like they're not advancing their game. Oh, but a couple of elemental tokens? Who cares? Uh, I've got nine mana, you've got four. So screw you. <laughs> I don't mean that. Uh, yeah, so we're talking mean stuff. And then, so there's enchantments out there. Listen, I didn't, I didn't make a big deal about this because I want to save it till now, but like Tamishi doesn't cast cards from the graveyard. Tamishi has an activated ability where you put cards from the graveyard onto the battlefield. So like, if we hit something like it's a, a land, it's an enchantment called Mana Breach, two and a blue. Whenever a player plays a spell, I mean, so now it's called cast a spell. Let me use the modern nomenclature, the modern verbiage here. Whenever a player casts a spell, that player returns a land they control to their owners, to its owner's hand. Whenever a player casts a spell, return a land. That's brutal. We don't cast spells anymore once we're getting going. And then even if they deal with Tamishi and we're like, well, now I have to cast a spell. I have to cast Tamishi. I'll, I'll return a land to my hand. My deck is built to put more lands on the battlefield. No problem. Then we get to run like little Haiti cards, like uh, Hesitation, one in a blue, Enchantment. If any spell, whenever a player casts a spell, sacrifice Hesitation and counter that spell. Your opponents have to like back up a spell. The deals that will go on is like, okay, I need to resolve this spell, but hesitation will get me. So can you, who, is someone willing to burn a spell on hesitation so I can get this spell out? Uh, tough, tough negotiation there. Uh, and we can get it back with Tamishi. That's the beauty of it. Deafening silence. One mana enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell each turn. Ugh. Okay, good luck with that hesitation because that's it. You got one shot. And uh, when it gets back to me, I'm putting it back on the battlefield. Or, or I'll put this on the battlefield. Man, rule of law, two and a white enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one spell, period. Creature or non-creature or, or whatever. But again, we're not casting spells, so we don't care about it. We're just making land drops and bringing stuff out of the graveyard. We're casting one spell, but we're getting stuff. We're getting extra things done. I love it. I, I do kind of love it, but he, here's where I'm going to draw the line though. This is, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some, there's another way to take this deck. What if this is the, in case of emergency, break glass, strategic last minute plan. This is the deck that sits at the bottom of your bag for those nights where, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're feeling extra salty. Maybe you felt unfairly targeted all game. Maybe you're just like, man, that one player, I don't know what's up, that they just have a, they've just had a target on my back all night and I'm mad. So I'm going to pull out this deck, which is built to ruin one person's life entirely. So we're going to swap out cards for things like Curse of Exhaustion, two white, white, or a curse, enchant a player. That player can't cast more than one spell each turn. It's worse than rule of law, but it only hurts one person. How about Curse of Silence? It's a single white enchantment from Forgotten Realms. Enchant a player. It's a curse. As it enters, choose a card name. I'm choosing your commander. Uh, spells with a chosen name cost two more to cast by that player. 
guess you're coming. I've, I've pre-taxed you already. Uh, and whenever they cast the spell with the chosen name, you may sacrifice Curse of Silence and draw a card. Sure. Because I'm going to cast it again. At, I'm sorry, I'm not going to cast it. I'm going to bring it back out of my graveyard and name something else you find near and dear. If I know your deck, I'm going to know what combo pieces you have. Uh, or I'll just name someone else's commander or get your commander bounced and name it again. Uh, this guy's mean. It's brutal. But it is not the meanest. The meanest card uh, that I can think of. You have to get up to 10 mana. And once you do, you can cast Mind Slaver for six and activate it for four. Uh, and you control target player during that player's next turn. And then when it gets back to you, you use Tamishi to bring it back and activate it again. And you just keep the party rolling and just never give that player another turn. Man, there's no, there's like, that's, that's the biggest screw you that, that you could do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I will ever do this. I don't, I don't think that's, it's not my style to like, just, I'll just use my rate. If I'm in a super grumpy mood, I'll just use my regular deck to like only target one person. But yeah, I mean, you be the judge, you, you know, you know, the kind of games you roll with, you know, if that's a fair move. So I'll leave it to you. I won't, I won't, I won't advocate for it, but I do. I mean, so we've gotten to the wrapping of the show. I've talked about all the different angles. I hope you've kind of gotten a sense of how you kind of brew with Tamishi, how you get from A to the end. Notice how I said the end because I did a little quick backtrack. I was like, oh, I'm Canadian. So I say A to Z, but all the American listeners are like, you mean A to Z? Uh, I got a little self-conscious about it for just a brief moment. I don't know why. Anyway, you can... You've got some ideas. I hope you have some cool ideas. I hope you can look at Tamishi and think of some cool ways to brew because there's a ton of options. I really appreciate the design of a commander that gives us a lot of different ways to go. Kudos to the designers of Tamishi. Uh, and of course, I got to thank our Discord helpers. Uh, could not do this without you. Chiefy, Nosrak2, Pips Don't Lie, Mondo, Groove Chicken. And if I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. These threads go fast and furious. I'll get you next time. And thank you for listening. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for being you. The world's better because of it. See you next time.